Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated for the Fuash Shleman Quick Speedy Recovery for Yochanan Shalom and Victoria Sarah, sponsored anonymously. And as well, uh, for the Fuash Shleman, our dear Uncle Alberto Abraham Ben Evelyn Hava from your special Panama family, the Julies. Uh, sponsored by Stephen Rapport, the Breakfast King. Dedicated in honor of the volunteer Hazanim. Thank you for stepping up to the plate. They're stepping up to the plate. They must not be from the Yankees. Dedicated in loving memory. And Lilu Nishmat Rosa Rachel Bat Moshe Arya Alea Shalom. Sponsored by Michael Horowitz. And the deluxe breakfast and class yesterday was sponsored by Ralph Batesh Avidan, Michael Abdan, Semi Sain, and Haron Shochet. Dedicated in honor of Hadas and Matan Makaitan and their kids. It has been a pleasure having you here with us for the past year. Breakfast in the class is sponsored by Shai Mahani. In honor of Sami Sain. With thanks and appreciation for all that you do for the 6.30 minyan. <laughs> that was the best thing I could have said ever. Sponsored by Benjamin Navi, dedicated loving memory of his grandfather, Lilu Nishman Moshe Chaim Ben Goli, and Rachamim HaKohen Alav HaShalom. As well, sponsored by Joey Jerome, dedicated in honor of Haron Shochet, and, uh, and dedicated loving memory of Mr. Lili Safra, Lilu Nishmat, Leah Badova Kohen Vechana, whose philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world. And the week of Cobra, sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. I also would like to have a special shout out, Mechila, um, for all the people that reach out to me online, uh, on social media, on WhatsApp, in email, offering to help with the various tzedakot that we do. It is very, very special when I get messages from people. Someone said, Rabbi, you mentioned uh, uh, widows and orphans and helping. I want to help these people that you mentioned. Incredible. I mentioned sponsoring uh, the Daily Halakha on HalakhaMoment.com. I get people respond the next day. I want to sponsor a month. I want to sponsor a year. I mentioned that we're doing a program, Lagba Omer, sponsored. I mentioned that we need a new camera for a video uh, for the daily uh, class, the breakfast of the class, sponsored. The coffee machine, sponsored. Unbelievable. Who is like the Jewish people that you mention something and they jump at the, at the opportunity to sponsor it? We should always be blessed to be from the ones that give and not from the ones that receive. Haron is giving me eyes. What? Oh, I did them all. Yes. Okay, let's begin. Please don't answer Amen if you're listening to this recording. Oh. Uh, either Bobby or Emmanuel are always the ones that make me the coffee. So Hazaku Baruch for the two special coffee makers. Hazaku Baruch. Okay. The Pasuk tells us, Moshe tells the Jewish people, guys, I want, I want you to understand. I gave you the Torah. Very important. Don't add anything and don't take anything away. Anything I told you to do, do. Don't do less than what I told you. Now, obviously, that I understand. If God says to the Jewish people, here's the mitzvot, don't doing less is going to mean not doing mitzvot. But what's the problem with doing more than what the Torah asks? Surely that's better. More is always better. That's what uh, I learned when I started to like pizza. More is always better. I noticed that in America... Um, there's a, a pizza store, it's called Slices. I moved to England, I moved to the pizza store, I said, I looked at the name of the pizza store, it's called 
slice. I went to the guy, his name is Avi. I was like, Avi, you know there's a store in Deal where I come from. It's the same as your store, Slices. He goes, well, mine's not called Slices. I was like, yeah. He goes, no, it's called Slice. He says, leave it to the Americans. This is why they have a problem with obesity. Because while we call this store in England Slice, in America it's Slices. <laughs> I said, soon, if it's up to me, the pizza store would be called Pies. I love myself a good slice of pizza. I'm a pizza snob. You know, if a pizza doesn't match up, if they didn't get it right, if it crumples and you can't fold it, there's a lot of different items. You got to get the pizza right, right? Okay? So, Loto Sifu, don't add more. Isn't more always better? And my friends, the answer to this question can be found in the startling connection between this pasuk and that which comes next. Okay? I want to point this out because I think that this is incredible. You know, if you're ever listening to the news, a lot of times a broadcaster on the news will say, in unrelated news, why do they say that? They don't want you to think that the stories are connected. Right? They don't want you to think that. So if, as an example, if there was a news story about uh, Rabbi Farhi, uh, the rabbi of Safra, hopefully it will be a good news story. There's a no news story about Rabbi Farhi that he's managed to have lots of guests for Shabbat and they're making a news story about it. And then they said... Uh, and the New York Mets, they would say in unrelated news, because I would not want to be connected with the Mets, even if they win. I'm a die-in-the-wool Yankees fan. I was a Yankees fan in the worst years of the Yankees when the Mets were winning everything. I was the only guy on the school bus that was a Yankees fan. I got abuse for it, right? It was a, but, but I'm a big Yankees fan. So I would want them to say in unrelated news, disconnected. Make sure the things are not connected. Whenever the Torah puts two things together, what do you know? Those things are connected. It's called smuchin. In fact, we find an example of this only a short while ago we learned about it. If you remember, we learned about the parasha of sota. When a woman is not faithful. The immediate parasha after that we learned about is parasha of nazir. Nazir is a person who uh, becomes like a, an elevated status. He takes on himself. He's not going to drink wine. He's not going to cut his hair. He's not going to become, uh, what's it called? Uh, he's not going to become uh, not tamet uh, to a dead body. So what's the connection between those two parashiot? Says the Gemara, why are these two things connected? That if a person sees, sota kilkula, he sees a woman who maybe has made an unfortunate mistake by not being faithful in a marriage. Odds are she didn't do it because she's not a good person. She might have, you know, got a little bit uh, drunk. She might have let her guard down and made a terrible mistake. So therefore, a person who sees that, you see that the two parashiot are connected to teach you a lesson. So over here, we have a message teaching you about not adding to the mitzvot and not doing less than the mitzvot. And what's the next pasuk? You think it's something related, right? Says the pasuk, Moshe says to the Jewish people, remember the mistake that you did with Baal Peor, when the Jewish people sinned with the idol of the people of the Moab, they sinned with the idol of Baal Peor. Don't do that sin, because anyone who did the sin of Abu Dazara, they were punished. And all the Chachamim asked the same question. You're telling me not to add mitzvot, not to take mitzvot away. And what are you connecting with that? The mitzvah, the avera, of not doing idol worship? That's the most obvious mitzvah in the Torah. It's the very first of the Ten Commandments. I am Hashem your God. Don't have another God. 
the second commandment in the Aseret HaDibrot. So if you're telling me about not adding or not taking away, don't tell me about the most central mitzvah in the Torah, about the service of God and not the service of another God, of an idol. What is the connection between these two things? So I want to share with you two ideas. One idea, which is beautiful, but then a much deeper concept as well. The Devresh Shilomo writes an amazing thing. He writes, the Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us about a certain Jewish guy. Anyway, he's traveling, and there was some non-Jewish person in the caravan. She asked the taxi driver, she's like, Moneh, slicha, slicha, nahag, she says, please could you stop the, uh, the camels for a minute? No problem. What do you need to stop for? There's no uh, rest stop here. She says, I'm going to go. I need to go serve my God. Uh, this is the Baal Peor house, okay? Yani BP, okay? This is Baal Peor. I need to stop. I'm going to go, to, the, I'm gonna go to, to serve my God. She gets off. She goes in. She serves her God. She comes out. The Jewish person says, oh, that's uh, idol worshiping? Baal Peor? He says, I'm going to go in too. The woman says, you're going in? Aren't you Jewish? Aren't you Jewish? He says, uh, don't worry about me. He goes inside. He thinks to himself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to humiliate this idol. I'm going to humiliate this Abu Dazara. He goes into Baal Peor, takes his pants down, goes to the bathroom in front of Baal Peor, then he wipes himself on the nose of the idol. Anyway, he goes out thinking he's, uh, he just did a big misvah, he degraded the Abu Dazara. Says the Gemara, and the priests of the idol came out and they said to the man, to the Jew, Never in our life did we see anyone who served Baal Peor as good as you. What do you mean? He didn't know, says the Gemara, that the service of Baal Peor, that's actually what it comes from. The word Peor means to go to the bathroom. The way you would service the idol is by going to the bathroom in front of it. So he went the extra mile. He thought he was humiliating the idol, but actually what was he doing? He was serving the idol in the way that it's meant to be served. And the Gemara says that when you serve an idol, normally what do you do? You bow to it. And that if a person does Abu Dazara, they bow to an idol, that's Abu Dazara. But what if an idol has a specific way of serving it, which is not bowing down? The Gemara brings an example, Baal Peor, going to the bathroom. Or another example, Markulis, where you throw rocks at the idol. So you think you're throwing rocks at it, you're humiliating it. You think you're going to the bathroom in front of it, you're humiliating it. But really you're serving the idol in the way that it's meant to be served. When you serve an idol in the way that it's meant to be served, even if that's not your intention, even if you mean to humiliate it, you still served an idol. Right? You got that? You still served an idol. Says the Devresh I need you to understand. You think that if you're going to do more mitzvot, it's going to be better. What could be better? You told me, God, to put a mezuzah on the doorpost. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put two. I'm going to, you know what? Instead of putting a mezuzah with one parasha, I'm going to put the whole Torah, glue it onto the window. You know, one parasha is good. All the parashot got to be better. Halakha is, Baltosif. God, you told me four tzitziyot, says the Gemara. You know what I'm going to do? Five tzitziyot. Right? If you have four is good. Five could only be better. Says the Gemara, says the Devresh Shilomo, what the Torah was telling you by putting these two things together is, don't decide for God how to serve Him. Hashem tells you what to do and what not to do. Stick with what God said. You add, you think you're doing better. Just like by Baal Peor, 
The guy thought he was humiliating the idol. And actually, what was he doing? Serving it. Sometimes a person makes a mistake and thinks with the best of intentions that they want to do the right thing. But ultimately, it turns out to not be the right thing. There was a guy who was uh, one of the reform uh, people, the beginnings of reform. He came to a rabbi, Rabbi Hildesheimer. And he told him, look, rabbi, you know, you're being very strict. If you maybe, if you gave less mitzvot in the Torah, you know, maybe people would be more inclined to, to, connect, to connect to Judaism. If you gave him a 50% off discount. After all, Jews love a bargain, right? Tell them that they only have to do half of 613. You know, then they'll be happier. They'll do more. Says the rabbi, you read the pasuk, the pasuk says, Lo tosifu. You should not add, Lo tigre'u mimenu. And you should not do any less. Lishmor et to keep the Torah. Said the rabbi to this man, sometimes a person says, you know what, I'm going to keep less. Why? Only in order to keep the Torah. My aim is in order to get more people to come to shul. Let them drive. Then they'll come to shul. Take shacharit. How long does it take? 45 minutes? 50 minutes? Cut it in half. Cut out half of pesuket de zimra. More people will come if you have, uh, if you have less, if you have less tefillah to say. Sometimes a person says, I'm going to do less in order to do more. Mabisir, you're not allowed to do that. You have to do what God says. That's the first idea of why these two parashiyot are connected. Don't think, you know what, I know better. I'm going to decide that if I do more, it's going to be better. Look, you see by Baal Peor, the guy did something and he made a mistake and it was incorrect. Don't always rely on your understanding. God's understanding is deeper than yours. However, there's a second understanding as well. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz asks a very powerful question. He says, I understand if you come to a Jew and you tell him at the time when they maybe didn't understand, where there's a big Yetzirah with Azar, you have an idol in the shape of the sun. The guy's a farmer. He knows if the sun doesn't shine, then his crops don't grow. Imagine he believes that the sun has power, has a God. So you can understand the guy's going to pray to the sun if he believes in idol worship. You can understand he'll bow to the sun. He'll think that the sun is going to reward him. Etc. But how could the Jews have fallen for Baal Peor? Could you imagine that? Someone tells you, this is a God. You want to respect him? Go spit at it. Go vomit on the... Who's going to do that? What was the Yetzer Hara? What was the allure of Baal Peor to the Jews? How could they have made that mistake? And Rav Chaim Shmulevit says something that is remarkable. He says, you know what drew the Jews to Baal Peor? Do you know why the service, the service of Baal Peor is not about bowing? It's about going to the bathroom on, 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 the, on, the, on the Abu Dazara? He says something incredible. You know what the nature of Baal Peor is? The nature of Baal Peor is to tear down boundaries, to tear down structure. The idea that if you see something that you respect, you bow to it, you pray to it, you bring a sacrifice, you do something for that deity, that's a structure, that's the way you would think. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to destroy everything, going to tear down any boundary, any idea of respect. Respect is a bad thing. Boundaries are a bad thing. Being loyal is a bad thing. All of these things that once upon a time, you know, we thought was a good thing. It used to be, if you put someone first, right? If you treated someone with respect, you put them before yourself, what we, that's a good thing. What a special person. Now, what is society telling you? You're number one. You come first. 
You're the most important thing in this universe. All the planets revolve around you. That's what today society is teaching people. If someone tells you you have a responsibility, that person is uh, perpetuating a hierarchy. That person is demand. Don't limit me. Don't tell me what to do. You know what I should be doing in my life? Whatever the heck I want. That's today's God. That I should do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, with whoever I want. That's today's moral values. And that was what the allure of Baal Peor is. We're going to take a God and go to the bathroom on it. The Jewish people were drawn to a life of no restrictions, of no boundaries. My friends, that is why these two things are connected. What the Torah is asking you is not don't do less. The Torah is telling you don't do less and also don't do more. What are we actually asking for? We're asking for precision. We're asking for discipline. Let me explain. The Mishnah in Avot teaches us, Don't get in the habit of guesstimating, of shotsing up, we would say, in Jewish, of deciding how much ma'asir you owe. You know what, I think I made about 100,000, so you know what, I think I probably owe around 10. To be safe, I'll give 11. You think you're overestimating. Good. It says the Mishnah, don't do that. So some commentators say, you know why you shouldn't guesstimate how much ma'asir you owe? You know why? 10%? Because maybe you'll get it wrong and you'll give too little. Some of the commentators, they say, that's not the problem. The problem is not only if you give too little. The problem is even if you give too much. Why? Because something you guesstimate is something you don't take seriously. It's around something like, I want you to understand, if a person breathes in air, what are they taking in? Oxygen. If you take carbon and you mix just this little tiny, what's it called? Molecule of carbon and you mix it with oxygen. What do you have? You have carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide, you breathe it in, it will kill you. You won't notice that it will kill you. It has no smell. The person will die in their sleep, in their bed, without even being aware. One molecule extra. I'm still breathing in the oxygen. What did I do? All I did was add. Yes. But when it comes to something, which is a matter of life or death, oxygen, the tiniest deviation is, is, is actually deadly. The Torah is not a nice thing. It's our very life. And when something is that important, you need precision. You need dedication. You need an exactitude. Because when it's about this and it's about that, you know what happens next time? Next time you think, oh, last time I covered extra. You know, you win some, you lose some. I know, I play basketball. Uh, whenever I can. You know, you have some people, they call a foul. You know when they call a foul? Whenever. They call a foul whenever. You touch them, you don't touch them. You know, I, this other day I was playing ball, and a guy missed the shot, and he called foul. The guy said, I didn't touch you. He goes, what do you mean you didn't touch me? Why do you think I missed the shot? I was like, I could think of alternate reasons to why you might have missed the shot. Maybe you just missed the shot because some people miss shots, right? Some people call foul all the time. Listen to this. 
But then you hear them say, well, look, last time you called a foul. This, now I call it. Respect the foul. That is not, for a game of basketball, it's fine. You know why? Because it's a game. But the fact that last time someone called a foul, now I'm going to call a foul. It doesn't work that way with life. Could you imagine as an example, a person comes to the hospital and they say they need an oxygen tank, they're going to die, they don't have oxygen. Someone comes along, they're choking on something, they need to have the item removed, they need CPR. Could you imagine the guy says, look, I gave you CPR last time. What I need right now has nothing to do with what I did last time. My friends, this concept, precision, taking something seriously, the halakha, I don't know, I think it's a Imagine as an example, every time it comes to a certain situation, a person is machmir, they're just strict. So you think, oh, I covered all the bases. I was strict on everything. I wasn't sure the halakha of meat. Is it the week of, is it the nine days, three weeks? You know what, I just didn't eat meat the whole three weeks. The guy thinks, wow, what a tzaddik I am. You're not a tzaddik. You know why you're not a tzaddik? Because there's, there's going to come a time when three weeks of meat is not, is, you're not going to be able to deal with that much. So what are you going to do? You're going to eat meat. When are you going to eat meat? Not when it was mutar. You're going to break it in the middle of the nine days. Do you understand? When a person treats the Torah with respect, respect is about boundaries. Understanding how something needs to be done. How something needs to be said. Our rabbis were always very, very strict with different things. So the question is, if that's the case, how could there ever be a scenario where the rabbis gave us a gezerah, when they added a chumrah? The Torah tells you, Shabbat is from this time to this time. The rabbis tell us, according to some people's Torah, but that a person should add on to Shabbat. How do they do that? How do the rabbis make a gezerah if you're not allowed to add on to the Torah? How does a person give 15% to tzedakah if the Torah says 10%? And the answer is, I'm allowed to add more so long as I'm aware that that is not the mitzvah. What am I doing? I'm doing something extra. I'm trying to make sure that I don't come close to the mitzvah. That is okay for a person to do. But says the chovot alivavot, you have to be very careful when you're strict. You know why? Because sometimes a koach, a heter, excuse me, hetera, a kula, a chumrah, excuse me, a stringency, chumrah, ba lide kula, comes to a kula, to something very light. The other day, I was in, what's it called? I was, uh, I, I was at a minyan, and I saw a guy, double parked, blocked in a bunch of people uh, from driving out of the driveway. Comes out after the tefillah, the guy's parked in, blocked in, up fuming. He says, what are you getting so mad about? He says, you know, I had to make the amen at the Kaddish. I needed to answer extra two amens. You know, you're getting so angry. The only reason, I just, it was Kaddish. You don't have any respect for the prayers? And I'm sitting there looking. I'm thinking to this guy, my guy, in Shamaim, you're getting punished for those amens. And you're yelling at them now and trying to make them feel bad about your, about your inconsiderate nature. That's even more heinous a crime. This is a chumrah. The guy wanted to make sure that he was there till the end. You want to make sure you're there till the end. Make sure you're in a, a parking spot where you're not blocking somebody else in. Shema Israel. We had that in the in the Beit Knesset. I'm sure we, some of you will remember. Guy is uh, walking with the Sefer Torah. 
He walks to the right side, he comes in. There's a minag in our shul that we walk out from the right side and walk back around. Anyway, some guy, first time he was ever in the shul, picks up the Torah, he went in the right side, he came out the left side. Actually, by the way, that is the halakha. So in the shul, they start, here you go, you're Yelling at this guy, never been to shul. Had that never been to shul in his life. And they're screaming, screaming at him. Anyway, I was very upset. And I spoke about it in the halakha. Remember, on that day, I said, you know, the whole idea here is tenu kabod la Torah. But a human being, a Jew, is a walking sefer Torah. And by the way, all of his future mitzvot and averot, if he never walks into a shul again, is on the guy that yelled at him for this minag. Shema Yisrael. Who could take on a chumrah like that when it's bali day kula? Says the Torah. Bal tosif. Don't add. Don't take away. It is on every person to learn the halachot of Judaism. To know how to keep the Torah according to the way the Torah asked to be kept. You understand? If that's the case, then we understand why the Torah put these two things together. If Baal Peor is all about destroying boundaries, then the precision of Baal Tosif is about understanding exactly where the lines are. What percentage of my money? Do I give to Ma'aseh? At what point do I count Ma'aseh? Is it before tax or after tax? Is it before business expenses or after business expenses? You know what? I'll just be strict. I'll give, I'll give them the biggest amount. No, you're not allowed to do that. That's not what you're supposed to do. At what time do I keep Shabbat? What time does Shabbat end? Is it 35 minutes? Is it 40 minutes after? What time? What do I do? Ah, oh, look at the calendar. Don't look at the calendar. Find out the halakha. Ask your rabbi what the halakha is. Don't just say, I'll just keep more. Keeping more is not keeping the thing. And I want to point this out. It's so obvious to me. Let's say instead of keeping Shabbat, I decide I'm going to keep Shabbat and Sunday. My friends, I didn't keep longer Shabbat. I destroyed Shabbat. You know why? Because by making Sunday also a day of Shabbat, what did I do? I made Shabbat not special. My friends, if the time of Shabbat coming in and the time of Shabbat leaving is an exact thing, just keeping Shabbat extra for no extra reason is not a good thing. If you know when Shabbat is and you say, you know what, I know this is when Shabbat ends. I want to bring in Shabbat extra early. I want to add to it, Khumra, no problem. Then it's beautiful. But if you just, I'm not sure. You know what, I'll err on the side of caution. I always say this, erring on the side of caution is still erring. It is upon a person, man, woman, child, to make themselves educated in Judaism. You don't know halakha, you never studied in yeshiva, you can't read the Hebrew, no problem. Sign up to halakhamoment.com. You get a halakha, two halakhot every day. Go to Yalkut Yosef, they print it in English now. Even a regular person could read it, they wrote it beautifully, it's tremendous work that they've done. Rabbi Shweki has a book out, The Gates of Halakha, magnificent. Every person needs to know. How are you going to know what to do? A lot of times the person says, oh, I'll just call the rabbi, I'll just call the rabbi. That's not how Torah was supposed to be done. A person is not supposed to call the rabbi. They're supposed to know themselves. You call the rabbi when you don't know. But it's an, an, a chiyuv, a holy responsibility on every person to be able to make sure that they know exactly the halachot. Would you entertain driving a car without learning the driver's ed manual? 
without knowing if green light means go, or if red light means stop, what a stop sign means, what a yield sign means, you would never do that. Never. Because you know what? You might, you might get killed. The Torah, we say about the Torah, ki hem chayenu. This is our oxygen. Not playing around here. You read the manual. You go back and forth. You make sure you know. Bezrat Hashem, we should each one of us grow in our Torah learning, in our understanding, in our, in our precision, in our dikduk halacha, in trying to do things the right way. It's so special when people reach out to me and they say, I'm not sure, I tried, I looked it up, I heard this, I heard that. Rabbi, what's the halacha? That's dikduk halacha. And that uh, the laissez-faire attitude of I'll just do more, although people think it's a beautiful thing, actually, it's a laziness and it's a sign that the person is not taking the halakha or the Torah as seriously as they should. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.